I thought deeply about our gospel lesson from John this week. Within it, Jesus is praying for his disciples and for us. Jesus is not encouraging the church here. He is not instructing. He is not preaching, teaching, or calling on his disciples to act. Jesus is simply praying. What an expression of love praying for us at a time that he knows he is about to be betrayed, arrested, and taken to the cross. As it was for the disciples then, it is also crucial for us today to return to Jesus' prayer and listen deeply. For it describes his hope and vision of how we, his followers, are to be in the world. He wants us to live our lives together with God and be one and to love one another. It is clear that the words in his prayer are meant for everyone, then and now. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. When I think about prayer, I often think about the quiet time or break we often experience between events in our lives. Within this space, we find a way to express our love for one another through prayer. Much like Jesus praying for us between the Last Supper and his betrayal. To know someone has prayed for you means the world. It is humbling and goes right into your heart. The feeling from that kind of love can often be transformative. This week, the words thoughts and prayers have come up time and time again as politicians scramble to respond to those mourning the loss of their loved ones to gun violence in Texas. In hearing the words, thoughts, and prayers, I have honestly felt sick, knowing that for some, these words have just become lip service to inaction. And I truly question whether there are actual prayers even being said for these folks who are experiencing such deep suffering. Then I think back to Jesus' prayer as our nation allows yet again our second amendment rights to become excuse me our second amendment rights to come before and between our ability to love one another and be one that was not the hope and vision for us that Jesus prayed for i'm going to talk to you for a minute about gun control and it might come from a different angle that you would expect from the ambo at good shepherd Full transparency, I would like you all to know that I am a member of the gun culture in America. I competitively shoot one and 200 yard military bench rest matches, which means I enter marksmanship competitions shooting World War II era rifles at targets that are placed at a distance of one or two football fields away. As a single female, I own a handgun for personal protection and I have a concealed weapons permit, which allows me to carry that weapon if I so choose. And I also own shotguns, because I love shooting skeet and trap. I enjoy my time doing these activities because I do them with my family and friends. I'll insert my disclaimer here in case anyone is feeling uncomfortable. And just so you're aware, I often feel uncomfortable in my faith community speaking about this part of my life as well. I do not support the NRA, although I was once a member. I advocate as a gun owner for common sense gun laws 
Because why wouldn't I? I take very seriously the current gun laws, which include securing my firearm so that they don't end up in the wrong hands, background checks, paying a fee to a licensed broker if I sell or purchase a weapon so that it is registered. I advocate for more firearm safety education, and I do not believe that assault rifles or high-capacity magazines should have a place in our society today. I became a member of the NRA because to belong to a vast number of ranges in this country, you must be a member of the NRA. Pretty slick, right? Granted, the NRA does provide gun safety classes at ranges. They also provide ranges that are struggling financially with shotguns and rifles. The gun manufacturers, I am sure, are quite happy to provide those weapons to have the support and backing of the NRA. So the NRA reaps the financial benefits of requiring every range member to join the NRA. When I came disenchanted with the NRA and decided I could no longer support them or be a member, it was due to the amount of fear-based propaganda that they distributed to their membership. I would receive flyers, pamphlets in the mail, emails, and even phone calls warning me that Obama was coming for my guns. It was ridiculous, yet through their propaganda machine, they made President Obama the best gun salesman in America. Folks were panic buying assault rifles out of fear. The gun manufacturers had a banner eight years. It was at historic levels. It was all lies, but folks believe those lies, and they're still believing the NRA's lies today. The NRA is a powerful gun lobby with politicians voting the way they pay them to vote. They work very hard to make its members and society believe that any changes in the firearm laws is an all-or-nothing proposition. They convince their members that if laws are changed, that it's just the beginning, the next thing you know, they're going to come for your guns. And folks buy it. They will make an emergency donation to the NRA and vote in the politicians that the NRA tells them to vote in. Which brings us to the 214 mass shootings that we've had in the United States this year. In my opinion, there is not just one answer to why mass shootings are happening. And there won't be just one solution in stopping them. But who has the ability to purchase or possess a firearm is a big part of it. In my opinion, background checks are crucial. Eliminating assault rifles and high-capacity magazines is also a part of it. And providing accessible and affordable mental health care also must come into play. It's going to take gun owners and gun opponents working together on this issue to get laws passed and to get officials elected that care about what's happening in our country with gun violence. It will not be an easy fight, and it will not happen overnight. So I invite and encourage you now from this space, the in-between of mass shootings in our country, because it will happen again, to pray for those suffering from tragic losses and for our country to come together, much like Jesus' prayer today, to be one on this issue, to care about and love one another, now and for future generations. Reverend Josh posted a resource called To Respond to Gun Violence from the Episcopal Church's Office of Government Relations on the Good Shepherd Facebook page this week. From within that link, you can find information about the work being done by Bishops United Against Gun Violence 
and other advocacy resources. I support an organization uh, called the Sandy Hook Promise, sandyhookpromise.org. They partner with educators, students, parents, and volunteers to make schools across the country safer. Please get involved. I'll close today with the words of Robert F. Kennedy. Each time a man stands up for an ideal or acts to improve the lot of others or strikes out against injustice, he sends forth a tiny ripple of hope. Let us be that tiny ripple of hope, Good Shepherd. Amen.